Welcome back, everybody. Um, yeah, week one was a blast. Uh, we went three and two on our picks. Football season is in full swing. Week one didn't disappoint. We made some money. We had some heartbreak. We had some uh, highs and lows. And outside of a super competitive and very, very close loss for the Steelers on Sunday Night Football, I uh, kind of enjoyed every second of it, to be honest with you. I clocked in like a 12-hour shift on my couch. There's a big-ass indent in theirs because I didn't move, only to get beers and uh, come back and uh, watch the show. So it was good. I can't wait to do it again this Sunday. So really what I want to do is just go through the recap of the five picks we had last week, um, just do a quick commentary on kind of how things shook out there, and then do uh, go through the five picks that I have here and kind of give you my reasons for why I'm liking the picks we got here. So uh, like I said, we closed out the week last week, uh, three and two. So we did make money. It was nice. Um, had some heartbreak, had some nice wins very close to the end there. So, uh, first we had Colts plus six and a half at the chargers. That was, um, definitely scary because the char the, the chargers looked good pretty much the entire, you know, first, first three quarters, to be honest with you. Colts came back, made it close. We scored super close at the end of the game with like six seconds left. We converted a two-point conversion uh, to take it into overtime. And at that point, it was game over, right? You know, no matter where it shook out, whether the Chargers won or Colts won, inevitably the Chargers did with a six-point touchdown, uh, they didn't have to kick the extra point, though. So that six-and-a-half covered. It was great. Life was good, and we made some money there. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? We had the Buffalo. We had Buffalo Bills. Uh, we had them at, what do we have them at? Plus two and a half. Yeah, they uh, they won outright 17-16. And that was honestly great because um, I remember flipping through red zone. I saw we were down 16 nothing. figured it was done, put a fork in them. We can't really get that win. We'll take a loss there. And then they managed to march their way back. We win in the fourth quarter, 17-16 outright. Should have taken them uh, completely outright. But, you know, this is the way things go. Lines minus two and a half against the Cardinals. That just, I, I don't think I've been that frustrated like in a very long time. And, and that's kind of like the greatest thing about betting is you can go from a high of seeing Buffalo squeak one out to seeing the, <laughs> seeing them, the line just absolutely implode. They're up 24 to six in the fourth quarter. And Matt Patricia just fucking implodes, loses his shit, blows up like goddamn Chernobyl and just left fucking ruins. And Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, who look like shit for three quarters straight, come back and get a win, or not get a win, but at least cover when they tied in overtime. Um, this is just heartbreaking. Just want, I wanted to rip every single hair out, but uh, that's kind of why we do this stuff. Um, we also had Ravens minus seven against the Dolphins. That may have been the lock of the year. Could have been Ravens by 30, and I still would have took it. Um, Dolphins are just trash. They're probably the worst thing I've ever seen in a long time. The some of the guys on the team are calling for uh or asking for trades after that week. It's just crazy. They are so bad. It's hilarious. Um, my worst pick, and I'm not even mad about it. I'm actually kind of impressed as I took Falcons plus four at the Vikings. I was super confident in the Falcons to start off the year. I didn't really trust the Vikings at all. I thought they had a great they have great talent and they have a nice core. Um, but I. Just based off of previous seasons, which I know, like I even said the last episode, that's probably not how you should view it. I, I don't trust Kirk Cousins, and I really didn't trust the coaching staff to really do well. Um, and they just blew the doors off the Falcons. The Falcons look completely inept. Um, from early on, they didn't stand a chance. So that game, I was completely emotionally detached from it. I was going to take my medicine, eat my loss, um, and we move on. But we did finish 3-2, and two, so we'll take it. We'll be better this week, hopefully. Um, we will have down weeks, but that's fine. This is the life we live. So jumping right into the picks we got here. 
Starting off, I have Cowboys minus five and a half at the Redskins. Um, the Redskins did shock a lot of people going up 17 to nothing on the, you know, perceived Super Bowl contenders in the Eagles, uh, but they couldn't hold on to it, right? They got tired. The Eagles marched back. Um, part of me believes this was, you know, this big lead that they had in week one was really just growing pains for the very talented Philly team trying to find the rhythm. And once they did, it was game over. Um, it was nice to see Darius Geis like out on the field, even though he didn't have a good stat line. Um, after that season-ending injury for him last year, it was cool to actually see him like get reps um, and actually contribute. But he's gone again, so uh, Adrian Peterson gets another crack at it. Now, that being said, he was a healthy scratch um, and just like wasn't inactive, even though there was nothing wrong with him. Um, their starting offensive tackle, Morgan Moses, did call him out in the media um, saying that there was really no reason that you should have a future Hall of Famer, an ineminent Hall of Famer, sitting out of a game when he's super healthy. So there could be some locker room stuff happening there. Um, either way, I really don't expect Adrian Peterson to be that big of a deal. I think he, Case Keenum will be throwing it 40-plus times again this week just because Dallas is going to run away with it and never look back. So I think Keenum's always going to be chasing them. I think at 44 pass attempts last week, um, I expect something very similar to that. Now, Dallas did look great against a not-so-great Giants team, but I fully expect them to come back, have a ton of success in Week 2 on the road. They have a much better secondary than the than the Giants did. Um, not the Giants, and the Eagles, I think. I think they have a better linebacking core, and their pass rush, I think, is you know second to none. So Washington probably shouldn't fare that well this week. Um, at the close of Sunday, I think the line was 4.5. It's now moved to 5.5, so I actually jumped on this last night, which was Tuesday night, before it went any more. I'm um, just a safe face, but I honestly would take this all the way up to you know 7 or 7.5 um, lane for the, for the Dallas Cowboys here. I'm that confident in this pick, um, so I hope the rest of you guys buckle up and jump on it. Now, number two, I'm taking Bills minus five against the Giants. Just like last week at the Jets, I, I really don't think this is a sexy pick in the slightest, but I do see this as a value pick as far as betting is concerned. Um, Vegas has the Bills favored for a point and a half, and I agree here. Um, now, I did see like a pretty, pretty interesting stat. Um, teams that play in back-to-back road games to start the season are 1-14 against the spread since 2015. Um, which would typically mean that the Bills would be in a tough spot here. But the fact is that these back-to-back away games that they're playing are truthfully just a 20-minute plane ride across the state, you know, over to MetLife Stadium because they play the Jets and now they're playing the Giants. Um, So for them, like, they get to stay in-state. It's the same field they played at last week. They really aren't traveling too, too far. So I really think the sheer fact of them playing away shouldn't really be too big of an issue or any cause for concern. Um, So I thought that was a nice interesting stat line because typically teams should be playing a home and away to start off the season traditionally and anyone that's playing back-to-back away games uh, typically don't do well against the spread um i think people may take stock into that they may adjust the line there for them but i still like the bills to outright win this and cover that so um moving forward there i I, sterling Shepard won't be in for this game i don't think um that probably means saquon and evan ingram are going to be getting a lot more targets even though like evan ingram i think he finished with 11 catches targeted super heavily there um this may be great for fantasy purposes for people who own them i happen to own them in the same league uh so hopefully they go off but um i think the bills defense is probably gonna you know at least i would hope they would scheme accordingly especially with eli manning at that home so i think they're gonna limit the giants offense um and they're probably not gonna score a ton of points i don't know what the over under is on this i don't have that in front of me um but i'd probably hammer the under on that no matter what that line looks like um, I know the Bills did manage to pull out the tight win against the Jets last, Jets last week. 
um, tight, meaning, you know, 17-16. So on the scoreboard, it looked like it was a pretty tight game, and it looked like they were getting shit on for the entire first three quarters. Um, but they actually kind of dominated the game if we're looking at it through um, a turnover lens. So, like, they were minus three in the turnover margin and a lot of pick six, but yet they still outgained the Jets 370 yards to 223. So, like, the Bills only won this game by one point because they couldn't keep the ball in their fucking hands. So I think the Jets' defense is a much better defensive unit than the Giants that the Bills are facing this weekend. I think the Bills are going to hold on to the ball a lot more and control this tempo. They're going to win, and they will cover one and a half. So we got to start off Cowboys minus five and a half at the Redskins and Bills minus five or Bills minus one and a half at the Giants. Um, pick number three, we got Chargers minus two and a half at the Lions. Um, with this, like... I don't know if this is a petty pick because I took the Lions last week uh, minus two and a half at the Cardinals and they didn't cover. And like, I get why Patricia and Daryl Bevel called a timeout with that game, but that just that blew the, the door off the hinges. And just if you guys could have seen the look on my face as the Cardinals just marched back, took out an 18 point deficit and tied in overtime to blow my fucking bet. Uh, I was livid. It was great. It was, it was phenomenal. It was art to watch. Watch the look on my face, and, and Paige got to see it all. Um, but with the Chargers, I, and I did bet against the Chargers last week, but it wasn't that I thought they weren't going to win. I just didn't think they were going to cover almost a full touchdown you know, point difference with six and a half they were laying, which they didn't. But this week with uh, a two and a half points that they're laying at a mediocre lines, I'm all in on this full board. Uh, Chargers look just fine without Melvin Gordon. Um, I didn't, I mean, on the last podcast, I definitely said that I didn't trust Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson. I think the Colts have a good D and they kind of carved him up. And I know a lot of it was in the passing game. Austin Eckler got two receiving touchdowns and he was all over the place, but I don't think the Lions are going to do, you know, anything better with them. I, I love their front seven. I really do. But I, I think Phillip Rivers is playing phenomenal football. He hasn't slowed down a beat. Um, they got a nasty receiving core. Hunter Henry's out now, which Really, really sucks, but, you know, I, I'm going to take that at face value. I think that's pretty marginal. Tight end position is important, but it is not one of the most important. So I still think, um, you know, anything less than a field goal here should be fine. As of this recording, about 81% of the bets are going towards the Chargers, but only 62% of the money's on them, which means a lot of the sharp money leans towards Detroit. So you can take that as you will, but. I don't. I, I, I'm going to trust my gut here, and I'm taking Chargers. Now, a lot of that may be because Chargers are a West Coast team traveling to play an early game on Sunday. So, you know, sharp betters may be factoring that. And I I only take so much stock into that. You know, when we look at the, the rosters up and down, um, as well as coaching staff, I, I just think the Chargers are, are a much better team right now. I don't have any hesitation with this pick at all. Full steam ahead, Chargers minus two and a half at the lines. Uh, now, pick number four. I have the Browns minus three at the Jets. The most popular team in the offseason just got absolutely steamrolled in week one uh, to a five and a half point underdog in the Tennessee Titans at home. Um, this is something that I don't really plan on overreacting to. I know I said on the last episode that I expect the Browns to be like a nine and seven, eight and eight middle of the road team, which I still believe that to be true. But I just think the Jets are a great bounce back game for them. Um, especially after that ugly loss to the to the Bills they had. I think the, that was a good tune-up game, or this will be a good tune-up game for the Jets, rather, um, especially like in the limelight on primetime and Monday Night Football. I know Baker looked horrendous. They didn't look prepared. Odell's got that damn fucking watch on his wrist, and he's going to have it again this week. So there's other distractions that are to be expected 
um, with this young and, and, and popular Browns team. Um, but I just look back at the Bills and Jets game, and I know the Bills should have scored a lot more, and I think the Browns' offense is a lot better than the Bills'. I don't think they're going to have a hard time putting up points against this team. Um, on the Jets' defensive side, C.J. Mosley's hurt. Um, he's expecting to play, but I know with this groin injury, um, you know, if he does play, I mean, he's probably going to be limited in snap counts, or even if he's not limited, like he'll probably be limited in the actual output he has on the field with that kind of injury. And, I mean, we all understand what impact and what role a middle linebacker that is very, very good has on the rest of the team. You know, we know full well with Shazier getting injured, how much that shakes up a team. So even if he is playing, I don't expect him to be disruptive. I think it's going to hurt the front seven for the Jets as well as the secondary. Um, you know, I look, Jets offense, you know, I know it was only week one, but again, of the 16 points they scored, two of them were from a safety, obviously from the defense. Seven was from a pick six from that injured C.J. Mosley. And only six points because we missed a field goal or an extra point, rather. The only six points scored on offense was a 12-yard or nine-yard pass to, to Lev Bell or something like that in the red zone, um, which was great for fantasy. But, um, you know, the jury's kind of still out on both of these teams. And, you know, like every game, this could seriously go either way. There's so much variance with both of them. They both could be, you know, shocking 4-12 and 12, or 12-4 and four teams or they could be 4-12 and 12 teams. Um, I'm going to trust my gut with this one, though. Another gut pick. I'm taking Browns minus three. Primetime Monday night at the Jets. Here we go. Uh, last but not least, actually probably my least uh, confident pick of this week. And my only home team pick of this week is Steelers minus four versus the Seahawks in Heinz Field. Now, I get it. Um, Steelers look like shit last week. Seahawks kind of look like shit last week. Um, but hear me out, you know, the Seahawks snuck out a win against the Bengals who everyone is projected to finish in the bottom of the AFC North, obviously, as well as probably one of the bottom teams in the NFL. I would say top five pick next year is going to the Bengals. Um, but had it not been for three fumbles, one of which was super questionable at the end of the game and ruined their hopes of a comeback drive, like the Seahawks would have been in big, big trouble. Um, If you went back and watched it, I don't think Andy Dalton fumbled. He may have, may have not, um, but that pretty much put the nail in the coffin for them. Um, Now, I don't know about everybody else. I'm a little... I'm a little partial on uh, defensive turnovers. I don't think they're all created equal. I think interceptions, for the most part, whether they're, you know, tip balls or, you know, slips out of someone's hands, I think interceptions show a lot more of, like, the defense making a play. Uh, sometimes fumbles can be, um, self, like, inadvertent or self-inflicted, rather. Um, you got to hold on to the ball. Now, that being said, if the Seahawks don't force those turnovers there's a great, great chance that the Bengals are putting up a ton of points on them. I mean, they had 429 yards of offense, you know, with a red rifle thrown that. Now, Clowney looks super disruptive from the few plays that I watched there. They're still missing Jaron Reed to suspension. I hear Ziggy Anza is trying to play in week two, but, I, you know, you're not really sure what's going to happen there. He could, he could not. Who knows how much of an impact he's going to have if he is playing coming back from an injury. Um, but, you know, with all this being said, you really can't count on Russell Wilson. He always finds a way to make clutch plays when the game's on the line. Somehow always manages to pull out these like messy wins and all these shitty games they find themselves in. But like that sounds a lot, you know, a lot like another QB I know that's going to be on the other side of the field um, in Ben Roethlisberger. So Steelers flat out sucked. They were in Foxborough though, and I, I don't think anyone like truly expected them to come out with a win. Like that was going to be a big plus if we were able to sneak out a win. But I think most of us, you know, were pretty much you know, okay with knowing that the Patriots are probably going to win that game. So whether they won by three or won by 30, it's all just one tally in the loss column. We got 15 other games to play. 
Big Big Bill Runglesberger's coming out hot. He's going to throw three hundred touch or three hundred yards, four touchdowns. It's going to be a nice game. Defense is going to be all over the place. We're going to throw a ton of yards. There's going to be a lot of scoring. Uh, contrary to popular belief, we're going to win by six. Um, so you know, it, I'm a little hesitant with the you know minus four lane more than a, a field goal, but I like the Steelers. We got to throw some good juju their way. They need some positive energy. Home opener for them. 1 p.m. game. They're not going to be in the spotlight because we got six other games going on at the same time. Steelers are going to win. They're going to cover, and we're going to hammer them hard. So, quick recap. We have Cowboys minus 5.5 at the Redskins. Lock. Bills minus 1.5 against the Giants. Maybe not a lock. Chargers minus 2.5 at the Lions. Fucking full send, boys. Browns minus 3 at the Jets. Eh, yeah, fucking full send. We'll hit it. Uh, Steelers minus four versus Seahawks. Take it as you will, but I'm hammering it home. So those are my five picks. We're going to go five and oh, we're going to make some money. We'll recap next week. Good luck, boys. Play hard.